So, today's episode is a little bit different. Um, I'm actually going to read a draft of something, um, a longer (laughs) story, or a novel, I should say, that I'm working on. Um, And this part is mostly finished, but one of the things, kind of the... um, I don't know if I can say quirks, probably not, but um, one of the things about this particular story that I'm working on is that I want it to sound... Um, I, I really want to pay attention to how it sounds when read aloud. So it's, it's a sort of Genesis-style um, story. And so, I want it to have that um, word-of-mouth feel, um, or to just sound really interesting when read aloud. So, I decided that today I was going to actually read it, kind of give it a a little dry run. Um, As I said, it's still a draft, so it's not quite... um, finished, but it's on its way to being. So, uh, let's give this a try. In the beginning. A story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. This is not a story. When a story is not a story, it becomes another word like poem or tale or song. But this is neither one nor the other nor the next. There is no word for what it is, just a word for what it is not. Story. Even a bad one needs a teller, and this one misses even that easy mark. This non-story is like the universe. If the universe took the shape of a book that could be leafed through, it begins, we think to ourselves, with a big bang, and ends in a crunch, with cause and effect, rhyme and reason, all the beautiful, ugly noise in between. But the universe is not a story, and neither is this. Our universe did not begin. It burst. It burst and took root, curled outward into existence. This it did in every direction, dimension we could ever imagine, and then more still. But it also remained whole. It remained perfect and inert, a fully realized collective of what could be and would be and would never be, never to be tested or unfolded into the realm of possibility. The paradox of the universe is that it is always whole and always bursting. And so, and so if this is not a story, then what is it? Forget that question now. Forget it for a while, and instead ask yourself this. Why, if the universe is this way, do we obey the laws of time? Do we ourselves live lives with beginnings, middles, and ends? Well, if the universe is a paradox, then so too are we, always whole and bursting, just as it is, alongside it. But we are small. 
We are so small, our hearts and minds at their biggest, their most open, only able to feel a fraction of what we are or could be. Time and memory are strange things that we lose just as easily as we get them, sometimes given up to the universe, sometimes residing in another's mind instead, but we cannot hold the whole of ourselves to ourselves. Even someone who has managed to keep every memory they had ever been given since their birth cannot see themselves from every angle, cannot experience their lives after death themselves in the memories of others, their lives before birth. Consciousness is too fragile, too small to hold the enormity of what we are. There is and was a specter, once upon an any time, made of the same paradoxical, primordial stuff as the universe, which existed in a plane of pure light, the likes of which we cannot properly fathom. We count our lives in seconds and minutes and moons by sunbeam and falling sand, but for the specter, time was not a concept that it understood or had any awareness of. Like the universe, it was always and had always been whole and bursting at any given moment. It was singular. To say that it was alone would imply some emotion, would imply some contrast to its singular state of being, but having only ever been a singularity, there was no space, no context for loneliness. There was no need for language, for sensation, for mood or expression. This, to us, would seem a strange and impossible life, but it was not life. It was existence, colorless, quiet, and pure. And then, the impossible really did happen. A line. From the everything, the specter's essence caught on a string and in freeing itself, an illogical, contradictory act, a sound cut through the everything made its light shimmer and vibrate. How could the specter have known to move, to reach, without having known what movement was? What an act of rebellion, of liberation that we take for granted! It had been whole, had known only stillness and singularity, and yet, with a cord to disturb it, its entire existence had shifted, rearranged into a new configuration of light and cord and vibration. It had edges, some measure of definition, a distinction between itself and its surroundings. The small movement it had made to free itself brought it into contact with other strings, lines cutting invisibly through the equally invisible landscape, each one with its own tone, its own unique vibration to send shivers through the stillness. They could be plucked together or separate, one after the other, in counts and repetitions and complex patterns, some of which the specter found more fulfilling than others. Nevertheless, each one had to be plucked, considered carefully, catalogued, an enterprise that the specter undertook with singular focus. You might liken it to a bat's echolocation or a radar mapping out a portion of the seabed, but neither would be quite right. The more the specter plucked at the strings of the everything, the more difficult it became to remember the stillness it had once existed in. There was always a vibration disrupting the light, however faint. And then there were more. The vibrations became figures and shapes that the specter's form broke against like water, a new kind of resistance in its surroundings that it could handle and listen to like cupping a shell to one's ear and attempting to hear the far-off call of the ocean. The strings were a system and engine for the creation of matter, for the mysterious bodies we call planets, for the atoms that make up the element silver, for the molten core of our earth, for atmosphere and ocean and mountain. 
Imagine the time it would take to knit together an ocean out of atoms, each atom with its own small voice to add to the whole. Imagine the movement and even salinity. Imagine the time it would take to make every grain of sand on a small stretch of beach and then stop in despair. But what does time matter to a singularity? <laughs> Not a damn thing. The stillness was a sandbox, the spectre a child with shovel and pail building a castle by feel. Each creation fed into the next, deepening the scope and detail of the everything that was being built echo by echo, vibration by vibration, in that strange plane of pure light. And so it discovered its agency— it was creation itself, in the same way that it was inertia itself, a push-pull entity powered by its own conflicting nature. And then the impossible happened a second time. A dot. Light does not know what it is until it meets something that tells it what it is not. And there, in the perfect, impossible-to-plot center of the light, was a dot of absolute, blinding darkness. The kind that is so sharp it makes light seem hard and definite, sucks it in like so much air or water. For how blinding the infinitesimal spot was, it nevertheless went unnoticed. What use was sight to the spectre when it could feel and sense and hear all it needed to know from its environment? It continued its plucking, shaping, sounding, unaware of the tiny growing porthole in the ocean that was its light. A porthole that looked out into the hull of a comparatively small ship, one that was adrift. It is the nature of water to spread, to fill, to mold itself fully to whichever space it occupies. There is a tendency for Terrans to think of the word water upon hearing the word ocean, a metaphorical image etched into our very genes. But an ocean, at its core, is any body that contains creative energy that sustains and protects that whichever it carries. The everything is an ocean. The dot became a dewdrop, became a puddle, became a lake, a strange void to give definition to the everything that surrounded it. Stranger still, the void was not quite a nothing. The two combined turned it into a something. This was the beginning of time itself, or the end of it, depending on where you were standing as the something spread. If the everything was before, then the nothing was now, the something was after. Unbeknownst to the spectre, its everything slowly began to give itself up to the possibility of becoming something, sank into the potential of the unknown. The sculptures and forms that it had fashioned out of pristine blankness shivered as they were coated in the opacity of now. But mixing tenses is a strange affair, no matter the language, and colors are waves set alight. The first star was like a seed that burst suddenly into fire, a beautiful, violent reaction to the contradiction that it had been dipped into. It was the heart of the universe, maybe, the first color it had ever tasted. A star, a star to create a context for definition. And with it came the first word, I. More followed. The process of being born is as disorienting as it is wondrous. A sudden jolt of consciousness that prompts an awareness of the self as being somehow separate from but existing alongside the environment. This was how the shadow felt when the first star burst into existence before it, turning its nothing into something. There came a second. And with it a context for otherness was created also. 
The shadow could plainly feel that it was unlike the stars, that they formed a pair that it was not part of. They burned with color and intent, and it burned with nothing, or something. But they existed as distinctly as it did, which meant that they must all still share something in common. More stars appeared, burning with color and intent. The shadow came to distinguish them by shape, by size, by color, tint, and hue, their variations creating the context for all these new concepts. But not one, not a one, was anything like the shadow. They were dancing metal, fire, and light. So, that... Uh, that kind of concludes... Um, the part of the draft that I felt good enough to uh, speak aloud. Oh, sorry. Um, so that's kind of something long-term that I'm working on that uh, I thought I would actually record just to see how it felt. And... Um, Hopefully, it, it was a little bit mysterious or delightful in some way. Um, till next time. Bye-bye.